So you guys are in a pinch, time-wise? Yeah, we have Cam Night at 8.30. You sound a little sick, though, eh? Yeah, I'm, I got uh, knocked on my behind yesterday. Oh, what happened? Oh, I don't know. It was, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, I felt it coming on, you know, as you do. Mm. I wasn't getting enough sleep and hadn't had a day off in a few weeks and just kept going Ooh. and going and going. And got through Sunday with a sore throat. Uh, and then Monday morning, I just woke up and it was like Armageddon. Mm. <laughs> it was horrible. So mm. I got some medicine. I've been nursing my wounds, watching Netflix and drinking tea. What have you been watching, dude? Just garbage. I watched uh, I watched The Big Short. Did you watch I've seen it. Seen it. I'd already seen it, but I went and I had seen it in a theater where the noise there was like this piercing noise in the background the entire time, which I thought was part of the movie, mm. but it actually wasn't. So I wanted to hear it without that. Um, that sounds like a miserable movie watching experience. Yeah, I was in. I think I was in Tacoma or Spokane or something. Anywho, we can't catch this through the head or the microphones, can we? Catch what? Oh, the uh, the virus or whatever I have. Yeah, the Armageddon illness. I don't think you can. Although, okay, you know that's one thing. Like the transmission of audio and video. Why can't you transmit smell yet? Smell a vision, you know. <laughs> that's a good point. I don't know. I always thought that was weird. Like, when is that yeah. going to happen? All we are is just like synapses and sensory responses right why can't we do this exactly no i agree father it's weird that we can't smell you through our microphone <laughs> yeah three dogs north is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible the following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. So, how's it going? Dude, Jerusalem, it's a lot to take in, but it's pretty cool. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre is... It's crazy, man. Like, this morning, I was in the empty tomb... I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Have you gone to Mass yeah, I, in there yet? Yep. Yeah. Yep. We, we've all rotated through. Yeah. Yeah. So this morning, um, well, what, the last time that we talked to you was at the Mount of Beatitudes, was yeah. it? Mm-hmm. The Mount of Ratitudes. Mm, dude. Like, those are so rad. The Beatitudes, the Beatitudes. are the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Be raditude. Blessed are the tubular. Hey, we got some nice feedback from that episode, though. Wow! Appreciate the emails to the fans. Oh yeah, we did get some nice feedback. You're here, very kind. You know, what we haven't got in like months is an iTunes review. Oh, for real? Yeah, we've gotten some decent emails, but it's almost like I don't know what. Haven't had an iTunes review in forever. Not that you know matters. what we. You know what we also haven't gotten ever hmm. in years? Beats by Dre. Yeah, that's true. 
Swag. I'm pretty upset by that. Dude, okay, Ryan Adorton has a set of beats, and I listened to him the other day, and they're amazing. Yeah. Hmm. Like, amazing. They are effective. I think I would, so, I would prefer the Bose noise-canceling headphones. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Although they're well, not as they're not as hip hop, they're not as like youth trendy as fly. Yeah, they're not as stupid fly. Now I feel like rad or tubular is a different. That's a different thing. That's as a, hip or trendy. Okay, we're looking for more rad or tubular. That's well, I don't know. I'm just saying we need to figure <laughs> out what we are looking for. Well, do you guys still have those beards? Yes. <laughs> that don't ask any more dumb questions. Can you, what does the microphone sound like right now? <laughs> I'm just saying that's kind of a hipster image you're repping. Maybe yeah. you haven't seen our beards. Yeah. Dude, but hipster would not describe it. It's more Duck Dynasty. It's, it's on the verge. <laughs> no, look, the only way that you can describe at least my beard would be saying... That's Mike's beard because there's no other thing to compare it to. Yeah. It's a uniqueness. Yes. Yeah. Have you gotten um, any uh, beard feedback or mix-ups as to your cultural or idiomatic background while you're there? Oh, man. All the time. Yeah. Really? Actually, the first uh, day that we were here, fair, it was honestly <laughs> a fair amount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We had multiple people stop us. Of course, we were out in like seminary gear, which was black. Uh, black pants, white shirt, and like a black jacket. No, we, yeah, I think we must have had class in the morning. So we had black pants on, and randomly we both just threw on like a white polo uh, to go out in Jerusalem somewhere. Gosh, which is, is what Hasidic sem- Jews wear. That's yeah. such a seminarian look, too. Yeah, yeah it is. Dang it. We, it were in. In the Jew- we were in the seminarian and Jewish uniforms <laughs> with mm-hmm. big beards. Yeah. Oh man! But no hat. Did you get scolded? I didn't get scolded. No. Where's Multiple your hat? people came up and started talking Hebrew to me. Really? Yeah. No. Honestly. Yeah. Like one guy asked me for directions in Hebrew. <laughs> that happened like, to me today. Uh, Did you respond yeah. with like the little Polish that you knew? Yakshamash barzadobja. Chin dobre. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. So the the last time we talked to you, we were in Mount of Beatitudes. Is it, that that's where we did our last podcast? Yeah, right? and you just finished your retreat. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the feedback was that was really really cool to hear. Um, lots of powerful stuff. So then we cruised from there to well to Jerusalem. Here, uh, we got to swim in the Dead Sea, which mm. was. So fun. That, that was, was a great day. Shockingly fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We went to Qumran. So saw like the caves where they found the Dead Sea scrolls. And I was not excited about that day. Yeah. And it ended up being a blast. It was a great day. Did you float in the Dead Sea as well? This? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. It was so much fun. It's legit. Yes. See, what we, what we didn't realize, everyone was warning us, like, don't get the water in your eyes because it'll burn and you might go blind. Except for that last part. The blind thing isn't true, but it will burn because it's such a high concentration of salt. And so then guys are like, you know, they're kind of taking their time getting into the water. And it turns out there's giant salt rocks that are shaped like daggers underneath the water. Oh, yeah. And they were slaying people. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) jeez. No, a couple guys had, you could only describe them as gashes in their body. They were wounded. Yeah. 
you're saying it would it could have been avoided if you just dove in rather than tried to like gingerly walk no because we also had a guy dive in oh gosh dude all right here just bleep <laughs> just bleep out the name but it was okay just to paint you a little picture it was james malik uh-huh. and no joke he is like walking out and he was like yeah i think he was trying to get over the salt rock so he's going like real gingerly and another guy in our class was like just just go in dude meaning like just sit down and your legs will pop up and you'll be able to float out mm-hmm. but he heard it as a challenge of like oh i bet you won't just dive in <laughs> dude and so literally he respond like <laughs> so the other guy in our class is like just go in dude and he looks up at him and he goes I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> and he dives in oh, head first. No. And honestly, he was he was legit in pain. Yeah, he yeah. was in for real pain. <laughs> and he kept rubbing his eyes. You're like, stop oh, rubbing. That's... You have salt water all over your hands, man. Yeah. Uh, it, I did. I actually. It was so funny. Yeah, was... But I also felt pretty bad for him after a while. Too. So it really did burn because I don't think I saw anybody actually get it in their eyes. Everybody was so afraid. No, he said it was. He said it was pretty miserable. Yeah, yeah. We had two different guys. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, he dove nope. in. Well, the other guy. I mean, you can say he did it now. Yeah, yeah that's true. The other guy was actually. Do what you will with this, but uh, the other guy was drinking a beer out on the Dead Sea <laughs> and just kind of like lawn chair style, sitting out there with the with the beer. Uh-huh. And I think he went to share it, like pour it with somebody, and he flipped over <laughs> and did like. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, you know, like, oh my gosh, cry. And they had to lead him up. And, Why? Because he yeah. couldn't see? He couldn't see, yeah. Oh, he didn't want to open up his eyes. <laughs> and he was less gung ho about uh, diving in. So, this uh, is the future of the church, folks. I yeah. know. Your future leaders, people <laughs> of God. Yeah. So then from there. Um. Well, we went to the Dead Sea from from Jerusalem. That's kind of like our center point. Yeah. Let's see. Well, just today. I mean, just we had a monster oh, day. Today. Our bus broke down by oh, the exit true. for the Good Samaritan. That's true. Whoa. So at some point in like the fifty thousand pictures our group has taken, one guy has a picture of me, no joke, standing on a freeway with my thumb out like a hitchhiker with the Good Samaritan sign like right behind me. <laughs> oh, man. Which I'm pretty pumped about that. If you had a Facebook, you would totally use that as your profile pic. That would be. That's mm-hmm. not yes. worth it to get on Facebook, nope. but, <laughs> but it would be. Yeah, that's almost. That's such a good picture. That's almost. Um, it's just been, it's been incredible. So just today, like just to name what we did as a group today, was we woke up. Um, actually Rob and I chilled down at the Holy Sepulchre for probably like an hour. Wonderful time. It was right between when masks end and the tourism really begins. So there's like an hour hole where there's nobody really in there. And so it was very, very peaceful. And then we got on a bus, drove to the Mount of Olives, Church of the Ascension, Pater Noster, where Christ taught his disciples how to pray to our father then down the walkway past the giant cemetery to Dominus Flevit, which is Jesus wept. There's a beautiful view over the city of Jerusalem where tradition holds that he would have looked at Jerusalem and wept for his people. And then from there to the Garden of Gethsemane, 
or the Church of All Nations, depending on what you want to call it, and had mass at the Garden of Gethsemane around the rock where tradition holds that Christ, you know, sweat blood at the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm. And that was within a two-hour window. Yeah. That was a two-hour, that was our morning. That was before lunch. Yeah, that was before lunch. It was insane. Uh, And then we, you know, we got, we had the afternoon free to, to do whatever we'd like, walk around the city, pray, go to different sites. So, yeah, I, too many experiences, honestly, to even talk about. So It's righteous. That's why I told you Jerusalem is the bee's knees. It is. Because there's, there's, there's just so much there. I was reminded of Jerusalem recently. Uh, so after Mass every day, there are two groups that uh, begin the rosary pretty much immediately the Spanish group and the English group and uh, (laughs) the rosary battle. Yeah. We call it the battle of the beads (laughs) Uh, because they're both pretty loud. And it never occurred to me until just a few days ago that this is exactly what so many of these places in Jerusalem sounded like. Uh, Particularly if you go down, there's, it's not called the Dormition of Mary. It's like Mary's tomb or something. It's not far from the church of all nations. It's on that side of the, the old city. I visited it's, it. It's today. underground. You have to yeah. go down a huge staircase. It's so, at least the few times that I went down there, it was so loud with a million different people chanting mm. and screaming. Yeah. And it's all echoey because it's all stone. That's what it reminded me, this Battle of the Beads reminded me. And it sort of was a, a pleasant memory of walking into these very strange, but also very hauntingly spiritual or mystical places where people are just, doing their incantations, you know, and it's a, it's as sincere as anything, but you know, it's like messy and cacophonous and raucous. No, uh, it's, I, I do love, love the church of the Holy Sepulchre, but, and like Jerusalem, honestly, like all, yeah, it's amazing to be here, but I hate cities. And so like that has been, some of the some of the stuff, not all the stuff, has been like take it or leave it, but like specifically the holy sites and then the sepulcher. Man, there is so much going on there. Yeah, but that's what I actually thought this morning when we had the place like not to ourselves, but as close as I've come to having it to myself was it, it like this is what a pilgrimage spot should be because this place is a mess, mm-hmm. man. Like in the best sense of that of that word. Yeah. Um, but even like the steps, the steps are like dangerous to get up to yeah. Calvary. Yeah. Um, for me, little, yeah. and like people are going up them on their knees yeah. and, um, yeah, there's so many like, I mean, it, like, yeah, it's just crazy. So many people have <laughs> walked there that like portions of the steps are dented in. Right. Literally stone. inches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stone from people simply walking on them today. When I, so I did a rosary walk back from, the Garden of Gethsemane through the Via Dolorosa, just kind of through the city and ended at the Holy Sepulchre, which was really, really great because you pass the Church of the Flagellation, you pass Ecce Homo, like where Christ would have been crowned and condemned to death, and then you actually walk with him. Uh, and so after I finished the, the rosary walk, I'm coming down the stairs on the backside of, the, of Calvary, and no joke, this is not an exaggeration, a tractor was driving through the Holy Sepulchre. No. <laughs> a tractor. I have no idea. And he's like yelling at people to get out of the way as if 
they're crazy for standing in the way inside this church. <laughs> like it was a, I mean, it wasn't a John Deere like that big, but it had a big set of back wheels and the small front ones and was towing a wagon. There was like a trailer on the back going through the Holy Sepulcher. Like this is where Jesus weaving around where Jesus was anointed after he was taken oh, down the cross. Like what? It's a, it's a city. It's a small city inside yeah. that church. Yeah, it was cool this morning, especially too. Like it does, it does feel like a different world. Like it feels like a different world when you step in the old city versus the new city of Jerusalem. But then specifically with the sepulcher, like it is like a different world when you go in. And even I noticed like this morning going into the tomb is that's like another. It was like another very real change for me. Even how you have to like. Like, it's such a small door to get through. Like, it forces you to, in a sense, bow. Like, yeah. when, you're, when you're going going in. Um, but it's just like, I, I mean, just sitting there, it's like, this is the heart of the world. Like, this is, this is it, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's very hard to put words on it. Like, the experience is awesome. But it is, I mean, it's hard to put my finger on, like, exactly what goes on in there. Yeah, there is one thing, like, I I guess it's just really cool, partially because I didn't expect it. I was wildly ignorant, even just to, certainly the the entirety of the Holy Land, but the Holy Sepulchre in particular. I mean, there's so much to that church, just ridiculous history that goes back to basically 50 AD was when they say that, like, the devotion, they can track it all the way back to... 20 years after Christ died and people were already venerating that spot. Like they have it documented. So it's, there's so much to it, but an aspect that I absolutely love about it that I didn't expect again, because of my ignorance was that the crucifixion, Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday are all in one church. The Paschal mystery is in one church. And within like, I mean, 50 yards of yeah, each other. Like less than a football walk. field. Yeah. It's, that's so amazing. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's obviously a lot that you can do with, with that reality, that like within the physical structure of the church, you have the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ right there. Um, so, I, I mean, I, you could really, that's why people stay there overnight, because you could, you could spend, been days in that church and still not see everything not soak it up um let's just even getting there and this is going to take a bleep so i apologize but (laughs) the first day we were the first day i was in the old city (laughs) we were walking back from something and we were talking about like trying to like orient ourselves where the holy sepulcher is blah, blah 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 and like there's these um like to to signify the the spots of the via dolorosa or the way of the cross, they have it like marked on the walls. So I'm like trying to look at my map and figure out. And all of a sudden it dawns on me, like there's this thing on the wall that says seven, like um, in Roman numerals. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I'm on the Via Dolorosa right now. Like this is literally the spot. Um, It's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everywhere you look, there's something. You did get a shout out today, though, Father Connor, when we were up on the Church of the Ascension. Really? Yeah. How yeah. So? Rob came over and Rob came over and he was like, dude, this is the this is the spot that Father Connor was talking about with Ignatius. That's true. Yeah. I was we like, did oh yeah, that. dude, it totally was. <laughs> with the footprints? 
the footprint. The footprints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the guy, some guy almost sold me postcards today. 30 for a dollar. <laughs> Come on, man. I only had 100 shekel, though, so I couldn't break it. But um, you know, there's a really cool place. I think it's like south uh, east of the city. St. Peter Galacantu. It's like oh, yeah. St. Peter with the chicken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where the cock crowed. Mm. And there's supposedly steps that w- would be from the first century that Jesus might have actually walked up. It was the the home, I think, of Caiaphas, the high priest, and or the court or something. But anyway, there's like a prison in there that they've unearthed and a pit that they think, you know, Jesus would have been held in overnight on Holy Thursday before he was tortured on Good Friday. And it's kind of high up, and you can look over the Kidron Valley down on the Church of All Nations. It's a really cool, cool spot. Yeah. Hmm. Are you going to do like a day of reflection where you can kind of go off on your own? And, or you, do you kind of have that already? We have, I mean, we have a complete free day coming up, I think on Sunday. On Sunday. It's our last weekend here. Um, and then we have, they have like day of reflection on the schedule, but I don't know what that'll be. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a half day on the 14th. So we have stuff in the morning and then the afternoon's free. Hmm. So, ish, yeah. But I've had a couple of people tell me about Galicanto. It's cool. Uh, just say like pray for me there. Yeah. And I guess there's a beautiful uh, mosaic in there that that was Dr. Nagel's recommendation to get a picture was in front of that mosaic there. Oh, wow. Um, you want to explain maybe when you say get a picture, <laughs> do you want to describe that a little bit? Father, have you heard about the brilliance of, um, what I'm doing with photography? It's no. both progressive and conservative simultaneously. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. Dang it, dude. This totally goes into your idea of like hipster, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I told you the beard was lame. How dare you, sir? You're unique just like everybody else, Mike. That's right. And once everyone's unique, no one's unique. Mm-hmm. That's the inc- Oh, dang. Did you guys cut All out? one time in a philosophy class? What's that? Wait, I missed a little bit of a what you were saying. I think there was an internet hiccup, hiccup. But tell me about this uh, photography project. Yeah. Well, just side note, because it's very important. I was quoting <laughs> The Incredibles, so make sure that that's in there explicitly. The Incredibles. Okay. okay. It's a movie. It's a movie. It's very good. Actually, one of the best animated movies I've probably ever seen. Um, the, the, okay, so the camera. So uh, before I left for the trip, I bought a disposable camera. <laughs> oh, nice, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I have 20... I have 27 pictures, maybe. I don't really know how many in total. Left or um, that you've taken? What's that? You have 27 left? No, 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 no. It came with 27 oh, you only like have available one? pictures. What? You only have one disposable camera. I only have, I have a disposable camera. Wow, that okay. is quite a restraint. It is quite a restraint. Take 27. But, yeah, no, it's very, very true. So um, I have zero like prerequisites for, wait, like, oh, this is going to be a photo moment, so I'm going to have it ready, or like I want to get a picture here. I have no idea what I'm going to take pictures of. Mm-hmm. And so what I've done is just when I get to a site and I don't know, if I feel like taking a picture, then I take a picture. And I, I like it. 
So what I've been doing along with it to parallel this is I've been journaling every night of just the events that have that we do in the day, just kind of like very factual. Hey, we went here, then we went there. <coughs> just so I can re- remember my days because they, it's actually been a huge grace because then you remember the day and you realize how ridiculous your day is in Jerusalem or like in in Bethlehem, you visit there. So what I'll, do is I'll include like a little bit about, oh, hey, I, I took a photo today. This was the circumstances and this is the situation. And I'm going to... Uh, Mike, a story or you're circumstances. Gonna... Sorry, more internet. Problems. Am I cutting said, out? Yeah, you said you're going to blank. Oh, I'm gonna get. So I'm gonna get those photos developed and have stories, or at least the circumstances surrounding these 27 disposable camera <laughs> photo moments, which include, but are not limited to, sunrises on the Sea of Galilee, taken mm-hmm. with Rob and another classmate. That's right. In the reflection of our French press, our metallic French press maker. Stainless steel, stainless steel. French press. So you we're looking at our reflection <laughs> in the stainless steel French press maker with the Sea of Galilee and the sunrise behind us. So there's all sorts of good stuff in here, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also made uh, a dude... We were at the Western... It was actually... Me, you, and that same classmate again. Yeah, oh, the other right. day. Yeah, and uh, anyway, we made some random guy take a picture of us, like <laughs> overlook, overlooking the Western Wall. It had a crazy look on his face. Yeah, I said, "Make sure it's it's wound. Is the camera wound?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which isn't something you hear every day. You don't hear that much anymore. So here is the. I mean, are we hipsters? I don't. I have no idea. I think it's best to not think about it. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. even think about it. Um, so, wait, well, did hey, you, I, uh, is this your only uh, photo conveyance that you have over there? Is the is the digital or the uh, disposable camera? Essentially, I think I've taken like six pictures with my cell phone to send to my family or like a video. I took a video. Wait, do you uh, have a no, smartphone now or do you still have a... I, I, I have a smartphone, dude. I'm oh, I'm in with the crowd. Like I'm dang. I'm a normal guy. So that kind of that sort of sullies it a little bit for me that you have a way of taking photos that's modern. I like the idea of completely untethering yourself from modern ways. <laughs> Just walking around walking around a foreign country with nothing but a little Fujifilm digital camera. <laughs> and I just well, hear that as you're winding it oh wait only, hold up guys this spot times dude this so photo now is gonna be so boss well now i'm very paranoid um so i my phone it doesn't leave the room essentially so I, i'd like to think i am kind of roaming around okay. with just a disposable camera like it's mm-hmm. all that i have on me during the days um but now i'm paranoid because apparently if you go through x-ray machines it messes with the film and oh. if no, if I get a, go get them developed if I get over there, back and I get what get them developed over there before you leave. <sighs> That's mm. not a bad idea. Because mm. if I go back in those in oh in yeah, that would be ruined, such a bummer. I would actually be so <laughs> sad. I'm so excited about this. Dang, dude. Um, Where can you it's get like, it's like a time capsule. I like it. Is idea. like a time capsule. You can totally get them developed over there. Yeah. Oh gosh, I so don't want those to get ruined. 
Um, yeah. So that's that's what we're talking about when we say pictures, taking pictures, and yeah. So Nagel said you got to take a picture in front of this mosaic. Yeah, of, in in Galicanto. Yeah. By the way, why are you guys wanting me to bleep out all the guys' names like Bremer and James? I thought that was a thing that we do. Do we not do that thing? I think I, I think we do, do that think thing. Do you think they would mind having their names mentioned? Not in the least. No. Yeah. Well, Maybe Bremer. Well, he doesn't support yeah, the mission of the podcast. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> hey, I did want to, what we were talking about earlier with the Holy Sepulchre, it made me think of a conversation I had with my dad from something we talked about in class that I think you would find pretty interesting, Father. Okay. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's basically uh, embodied in Jerusalem is how all all these different religions, like the three major, yeah, I guess you could say three major religions in the world, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, all exist inside of a walled city that has thousands of years of history behind it is an absolute mess. But in one of the classes, um, ecumenical and interreligious dialogue with Father Bema, he gave us an example where a zoning committee had to try and like, we, we looked at the circumstances surrounding a zoning committee where a, um, a town was trying to figure out essentially if a mosque could be built inside their town and discussion came up around the minaret, um, the tower, and not to get into too many details, but essentially the case that we that we looked at came to the conclusion where they could build the mosque in this community in the United States. This is in, in the United States. But what they did was they made a rule that in that town or in the, the zoning area, I don't really know how all that works, no religious entity could play like they couldn't use their speakers and churches couldn't ring bells. There weren't any public um, sounds, like religious sounds. I don't know how you would say that. Mm-hmm. So basically like, oh, hey, you can have a mosque here, but you're not going to use the the loudspeakers to do your call to prayer five times a day. So what, what that ended up doing was it canceled it out for the entirety of all religious entities that were in that same community. Yeah, so in because, fairness, you could, the churches couldn't have bell towers anymore. Exactly, and which is how we do it in a pluralistic society. Is right. It's fair for everybody. So in a sense, everybody's religious public display is, is lessened. So mm-hmm. no loudspeakers on the mosque. Well, then in fairness, we have to say no, no bells, you know. But over here, what happens is everybody practices their, their faith publicly full on and it's not like okay um we're gonna make everything easy so like nobody gets to do anything unique it's everybody does all of their unique things as loud as they possibly can at the same time (laughs) and so even here you know in the mornings it's like absolute chaos yeah so you have call to prayer and then as soon as the call to prayer ends you have six churches ding ding dong ding 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 dong ding and then you come out and you have you know jews like bowing and and saying their prayers out loud and um and it's just a totally different take on religious religious displays yeah and it's i mean it's very very different than how we do it um but they all exist i wouldn't say they exist peacefully like that's certainly 
not always true. Um, but I just found that funny and I kind of prefer how they do it over here, even though it is a lot messier. You know, that's why you go into the Holy Sepulcher and you hear Latin being chanted and then you hear incense from bells and the Greeks chanting even louder so that they can be louder than the Latins inside the same church, which it just sounds like the cacophony of noises that you were talking about. Um, so it is, I mean, it's just a very different way to practice religiosity. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's, a, it's the same thing with the rosaries in Spanish and English. I could, I could easily say like, well, this is unpleasant or, you know, manifest division within our church. So no rosary, you know, and then is that better? Like, or if you want to pray the rosary, you have to do it at home because we can't have this, you know, it's unfair. But really like the authentic religious, even though you, you would prefer it not to be this way, the authentic sort of religious passion just says, I mean, I don't, it's not good for it to be a competition or a contest, but over there, I didn't get that feeling. I just thought there is a certain sense of like posturing, but there's also like, we're just going to worship in this place. And there's a lot of other people that happen to want to worship in this exact same place. So what's the solution? Well, just do it really loud. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You can't judge what's in a person's heart. Uh, and I, to my mind, I, I found it to be more authentic than our sort of defeat. You know, peace is the absence of conflict way of doing things. Over there, there's plenty of conflict, but you also get a sense of like, people are who they are. And there's, yeah, walking through that old city. You don't like cities, Rob, huh? Because I found that, I found that so fascinating to just walk through the old city and just see everybody doing what they do and. Yeah, the old um, city is very cool. Like, I love walking through the old city. It's the new city that, like, I mean, it's not oh, bad yeah. in, in any way. It's just, like, no, it's just no a modern pretty much city. no interest to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's just like, commerce, we went, basically. Right. I mean, I've been is. to coffee shops. Like, we went to see a movie. Blah, blah, blah. It's great. I mean, it's, I'm not complaining. Just not, like, what I where I choose to be. But, no, the old city is is awesome. I mean, I concur with the... Somehow, it's just like thick with culture, yeah, it's like a big tapestry or quilt of culture. Whereas, yeah, maybe like what we're used to over here is that the the easiest common denominator when you just strip away all the cultural markers or religious markers, all that's left is um, money. Basically, that's what we all share and can agree on. Uh, and so, cities are just filled with commerce, monuments to finance and insurance. Uh, you know, but very little in the way of culture. I mean, maybe food. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, like coffee shops and things like that. But if you were, you know, if you were to walk through a modern city, you know, what would you, what would you say is the do the dominant cultural worldview? You know, what's most important? Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting way of looking at it. Because it's pretty it. freaking obvious what's most important over there. <laughs> that is true yeah yeah i mean and that's the thing every modern city is it like at least to me is pretty much the same yeah i mean it's cool like every everywhere has cool places to go um don't get me wrong 
on that. But, you know, barring like the unique, like, I guess every place has unique sports teams or certain, yeah, places to eat, museums, whatever. But like Jerusalem, like doesn't really feel any different than like walking around Chicago to me. Um, we actually had someone in our group say, this is just like Chicago. That is true. We and did. Yeah. He's from Chicago. Yeah. And, uh, no, that's, yeah, that's very, very true. You're talking about the modern part of the city. Correct. Yeah. yeah. No, not the old mm-hmm. city. Um, I'm pretty yeah. sure there's nothing on earth quite like the old city. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is true. Um, I don't know the, uh, I read this book, uh, like, the early portion of this pilgrimage actually called Jaber Crow by Wendell Berry. Have you ever read this book? No. Oh, you would love it. It was uh, a bunch of the Wichita guys were like raving about it. So I bought it and yeah, just tore through it like on bus rides or whatever over here. But the book itself is about this guy. It's set in like the night, maybe like 1920s through the 1960s ish. And it's just like a fictional autobiography of this guy who is not Catholic, but goes to like some type of seminary preacher school and has like these doubts and questions about his faith. So he leaves and he ends up in this like small Kentucky town called Port William. And he ends up as the barber in this small town. And like, it's just kind of his life story. Um, it was it was a very very good book. What's it called? But anyway, long Jaber Crow, J A Y B E R, and then his last name is Crow, C R O W. Jaber Crow. Hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot. We could have a great podcast on Jaber Crow. Honestly, if you guys ever like have an inkling to to read it, um, but the guy Wendell Berry was the author. And so I guess they're making some type of documentary about him that Isaac showed me the like the trailer for. And it's him reading one of his own poems. And that's literally a line in there about like the yeah, like the commerce and the speed and um, like the lack of like personalism in a city. And that's uh, he just says like every city is. I don't. I can't remember the line. I wish a good line, but in a sense, like to paraphrase it, is every city is the same. Yeah. Uh, just like grounded in relationships. I mean, that is over and over. And he has. It's just like this super fun kind of unique thing of of the barber, and he's a bachelor his whole life. So just like all the people that come through and all the stuff, and that he gets told, and he has to like piece together. He's not a gossip. But like he has to like piece together stories to figure out like what's actually going on in the town and um yeah there was there was some moving stuff in in that book but anyway, yeah you know what one of the I like that because you know what I like about barbers is that they always take Sunday and Monday off hmm. whereas because yep. uh, I I go to a barber here and I I've gone to a barber since I was a five year old um, matter of fact I had the same barber all the way through seminary hmm. uh, up until he retired. And then that was about the time I became a priest and I found a guy down here, <clears throat> but it's uh, you know, qualitatively different than going to like a supercuts or a, a salon or something. Oh, and yeah. those places are always open on Sunday. Uh, yeah. 
as are so many service industry places or retail places, um, just everything is open on Sunday. And I've decided after being on a priest for like three years here, how many people tell me they can't come to church because they work on Sunday. Uh, and it's mostly, you know, the teenage young people, uh, you know, early twenties or working class people that work in factories or, or things like that. I am done patronizing any business ever on Sunday. I will not do it. I used to think that that was, I I used to think that that was, uh, you know, a little uptight and come on, give me a break. But like, getting a coffee at some place on a Sunday? Absolutely not. I will not participate in this culture that is just so frenzied for money that it makes a 16-year-old think that making eight bucks an hour serving coffee on Sunday is more important than worshiping God. That's so stupid to me. And it's a, it seems like a little thing, but I think it's, it's like the, uh, it's the beginning of the, it's the wedge, man. It's a slippery slope to just Church is a, a society is as healthy as its churches are full, and that's part of what the, makes the modern city so dull and lifeless and soulless. Is that there's no rest, there's no festivity, there's no there's no Sabbath, you know? Yeah, dude, you no joke. Like this needs to be the next book you read. I don't know if you're working on anything right now, but just from that thing that you just went on you are going to rip through <laughs> this really? book it'll be well, like I'm music sick. i could use soul. i could use something like that okay no it's it's very good i mean just to like his images are so good in it and this isn't like pertaining to like that point that you just made which i like a lot um but i mean he just can haunt you like with his with his writing um like this is this is not that much of a spoiler, so I'll share it. Um, but there's this uh, very beautiful like female character in the book. And the book spans like 40 years with the same people because they're all from this small town. So like as people die and like his friends die or like he watches people grow up that he cut their hair when they were little and all this like cool stuff. Um, but there's this one female character that's like throughout and... Um, so she gets married and she has like, she starts having kids and, um, she's just like a very like virtuous, uh, like loving woman, uh, that she's portrayed, portrayed as anyway, long story short, she loses, um, her daughter in like a really terrible accident in the book and like her little, like kind of toddler aged daughter and Jaber, the barber is also the grave digger for the town. And so he's at the cemetery a lot and he finds her there like after her daughter has been has been buried. Um, like he finds her there one night and she's laying it's cold out and she's laying on her daughter's tomb like the the dirt that's like still still fresh from where her daughter was buried. And she's laying on the dirt to try to like warm it up. And I don't, I mean, it was just like vivid stuff like that. Wow. It's actually been very cool to see over, that was like a huge image. Yeah. I don't mind sharing on the podcast of like when I was in the tomb, which just that image of like, I mean, a fictional character, but like this woman just doing everything in her power to try to like warm her daughter up even after death. Yeah. And I was like, God, that is, 
that's what it felt like being in the tomb. Like more, more anecdotally than anything, like I can put words on. There was like something deep, deep in that reality uh, of like when I say the heart of the world, like this is literally the heartbeat of the world comes from this tomb like right here um, that we believe was empty. Uh, so anyway, off of soapbox, but read that read that book. Absolutely. I will. Mike, you got a soapbox you want to get on before we're done? I got on mine um, about Sunday. I have. What's that? I did mine and Rob did his. You got to get on your soapbox, um, dude, and preach. Yeah. So this is my thing. I would say uh, cameras on cell phones are stupid. Mm. And disposable mm. cameras are the preach. way of the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Preach it. Uh, Kodak Preach it. And um, I can't think of any other disposable camera companies. Do you have a Kodak? Is it a Kodak? Check real quick. Yeah, let me check. Um, I haven't read Gaber Crow, but it has been the talk of the town. It's a Kodak. Okay, real quick. I, I, Kodak I, feel, people. I feel emboldened. <clears throat> we are officially yes. dropping the Tide Bleach sponsorship. It's done. It's over. We're now sponsored by Kodak. There we go. Yep. We can there, say that, right? That yeah, that's a company that's um, you know, really looking toward the future. <laughs> yeah, film film cameras, man. That is <laughs> just a whole industry. If they're probably going to call us. Going like they're through looking <laughs> for sponsorship. Well, they might be going desperate. Through, if going through x-ray machines ruins your cameras, <laughs> you need to get on board with Kodak. <laughs> Their slogan is, we are moving forward by remembering the past. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I will say, so um, it is, and I, I know obviously the old city is unique as in like there's literally no other place in the world like it for many different reasons one jesus only died and rose from the dead in one place there's only one dome of the rock like yeah it's incredible how many important things exist within uh you know what is it like a two by two mile radius not even that maybe a one by one mile radius um so obviously the the religious culture is very very strong and israel in and of itself has ridiculous religious undertones to everything if not overtones um but uh, last friday i got up on top of uh, an observation balcony on friday evening because abbot vincent actually told me to do this oh yeah Uh, and i watched shabbat go down as the sun went down and just watching all these young people all these families all these different uh, I mean, peoples of, they're, they're all Jewish, but some in uniforms, some holding M16s, like some holding babies, some pushing strollers, some ultra-Orthodox, some that were pretty secular Jews all coming out dancing and like legitimately dancing and singing celebration for Shabbat as it began Friday evening. Um, it was It was really remarkable to see. And if you go around the city here, I mean, everything is shut down. Yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. And you go to the Muslim quarter on Friday, nothing. Nothing is open. Uh, and maybe you could say the same about the Christian quarter on Sunday. I'm not really sure. 
because we're we were off last Sunday, which is an incredible day. Last Sunday mm. was I, we can't even get into that. Um, that was fun, but it is powerful to see people celebrating the reality that God exists and. In this particular way, like in our culture, in my family, we're going to celebrate that and live that because we think God is a reality. And it's basically saying like this whole day is dedicated to not doing or thinking about you the entirety of the day, but the fact that you exist is the central point. It's the most important thing of the entire day. And our whole week is centered on the fact that you exist and this is the day. And so like it's lives are shaped around the fact that God is a reality here. And to your point, yeah, you go to cities and I bet we're going to have a lot of, a lot of listeners that are city folks who are probably not happy with this generalization of cities. But I mean, you go to a lot of cities and what are the monuments that you see? And you're right. They are buildings of commerce and finance. And you come out here, look at the skyline. What you see is monuments to God in whatever shape and form that, that takes in, these different religions, but steeples everywhere. And you get into modern Jerusalem, new the new city. I mean, it is buildings of commerce as well, but 80% of Israel would would declare themselves non-religious or secular. So, yeah, I mean, there's certainly correlations here. But there's a lot of beauty in seeing a culture that, you know, even if it's not Christian, that celebrates the reality that like God is a part of their life and, um, taking whole days to celebrate it. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, Well, and I don't want it to sound too ungrateful because capitalism has made us very rich. and uh, <laughs> Being I rich would, is would, awesome. It is better than being poor. And I would, I really am appreciative that I can go to the, the drugstore and get the antibiotics I need and get better quickly and, you know, hospitals and, and all that stuff. But it just seems like there, there can be a balance, and there has been a balance where – Sunday was a holy day and, um, you know, culture, there was a cultural backing to, you know, the virtues of American capitalism, which was hard work and opportunity and trustworthiness and all that stuff. And now it just seems like it's like we are by definition restless because we have no day of rest. We have no sense of like, what are we working for? Um, we're just working and uh that that to me is uh is nay good so i fence to rest in fact that's exactly what i'm going to do after i'm done talking to you guys is pass out on my couch yeah i feel better man yeah it stinks but you know what talk about rest i think my body was just like enough enough going to hospitals and being at fish fries with you know a thousand people and and not getting enough sleep because you're just intaking yep. a lot of germs all the time and not recuperating your, what do you call it, immune system. So it knocked me back, dude. Yesterday was like fever, cough, weak, mm. sore. It was gnarly. Your body said pump the brakes there, hombre. Pump them brakes, biscuitron. <laughs> You better re-oil those hinges you have there. Take some time, plug in. Biscuitron shut down. Sleep mode. Get some some WD-40. You know what I'm saying? So you guys doing uh, cam night? Speaking of weekly rituals? Yep. We got to go. We got five minutes here. 
But uh, yeah, man, we're back in the states next week. Oh my goodness! Yemen. I know. Yemen or Yemen? Yeah, week from Thursday, you be back. Dang, son. Well, have yeah. a good rest of your time. Are you going to do an overnight in the Holy Sepulcher? I am not signed up for it, but they have. There's construction going on, so it just it seems like there's like not. I mm-hmm. like that 8 a.m. hour. Honestly, the 8 a.m. hour is money, but mm-hmm. yeah, I I did sign. I actually signed up on my birthday. Whoa, Coolio. Yeah. So that is all right. Well, blessings on your return, and let me know when you get back, will you? Yeah, we're praying for you, man. I'll be home for a few days, like on our recovery days, but hopefully, like the last month of school, we can get in a weekly routine. Yeah, get back to the swing of things. Maybe get down to old Blue Island for some za. Dude. Oh, dude, nice. Mm-hmm. If you're still sick, I'm not coming. Though. No, I, I hopefully I'll be better by then. Well, yeah, but you never know. Maybe this is the end, guys. Yeah. Yeah, if we never see or hear from yeah. you again. I would say same like, for my soul, you're, yeah. without reservation, you're in my top fifty friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would want to leave you with. So. Okay. I can say that relatively confidently. Yeah. I can't even tell I would you say how you're in my means. top fifty priests. Okay. Priests that friends. I know. Priest friends. Yeah. Yeah. Which could mean you're number one. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm oh, just, I didn't say it wasn't. We're just putting <laughs> yeah. a, a a bottom on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bare minimum. Yeah. We should probably say seventy five, but we got to get going. <laughs> we got to. Yeah, no, we got to get going real quick though. Yesterday, yesterday or two days before, in class, we heard loggerhead used correctly. Oh, twice. 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 You're kidding two me. different people used loggerheads. Dude, no joke. The first time Doctor Nagel said it, I turned around and I was like. Give <gasps> this look to Rob. Like, what? Yeah. And then we had a a Jewish Catholic priest who's a Jesuit. Yeah. Oh, I met, yeah, we met him. And drop bombs on us. Like, yeah, he yes. was super good. Really smart guy. Oh, yeah. No, he his intellect was fierce. Like, yeah. it was mm-hmm. intimidatingly fierce. Yeah, I would compare his intellect to my beard <laughs> in terms of ferocity. That, in, I would I would magnitude? not I would not he's not that smart. That is, okay. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. I appreciate that. Okay, we got to go. Bye. <laughs> hey, we're at loggerheads with the time of We're at loggerheads with the time. All right, you loggerheads. All right, peace. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.